Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Trigger podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing all the Scottish Premier League news, which which includes reacting to the weekend's Glasgow derby and also reacting to the departure of Robbie Nielsen. We will also be previewing the upcoming Champions League quarter-final matches and at the end of the podcast, Pierce will give a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we will be reacting to the weekend's Glasgow derby. So on Saturday, the 8th of April, Celtic defeated Rangers 3-2, which means that Celtic have extended their gap at the top of the league by 12 points. Pierce, what was your reaction to the match overall? Um... It was a very good match, to be honest. Like, I kind of knew there would be Rangers would come out the the blocks flying in terms of like the high press, high energy. Because like the last couple of occasions where they played Celtic, would have kind of sat in and hoped to hit in the break, and they've just allowed Celtic just too much time to just pick them off. Um, but um, I thought Rangers played well in terms of intensity. But at the end of the day, the result was down to mistakes by individuals defensively. Um, and when you've got somebody like uh, Kyogo for a hash up front, he doesn't tend to miss in big opportunities. Whereas you look at someone like Fred Morelos, he might need four or five opportunities to score one goal, whereas Kyogo only needs one chance, it's a goal. Um, but in terms of, I thought Rangers played a lot better. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought Celtic played very poorly, uh, considering they had the home crowd behind them, um, 60,000. Um, there's a lot of. Unlike Celtic this season, a lot of slack passes. Um, and I felt as if like, they felt maybe a wee, a wee bit pressured, like, as if they, they, they just weren't at it. I thought Rangers wanted it a bit more, but at the end of the day, it was just individual errors at the back that cost Rangers, and Celtic went away with 3-2 winners. But it was a very good spectacle in terms of as a neutral. Um, yeah, it was good match to watch, and 12 points, I think that's now kind of un- unassailable. Yeah, um, as a neutral, I, 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 I mean, the game was brilliant. Um, not if you're a Celtic Rangers fan, you're probably really nervous. But uh, yeah, I do agree with what you said about the mistakes in the match. There was a lot of mistakes. Uh, I think a lot of people at the start of the match, because uh, there was no Rangers fans there, and, and because of the previous results at Parkhead, I think everybody thought that Celtic would come out really quick get two goals in the first quarter of the match and get the game finished, but it didn't it didn't go out, it didn't come that way. I felt both teams were a little bit apprehensive. Um, you know, Celtic weren't really passing the ball well. Um, you know, which kinda I think that kinda gave Rangers a bit more confidence and then they kinda got a hold of the ball and and you know you could see that they were kinda growing into the game. Um but as you said, um there was a lot of mistakes in the match. And, you know, uh, when you've got a guy like Kyogo, if you give him even half a chance, he's going to, he's going to take it. Uh, I thought Rangers did well in terms of um, cutting off Carl McGregor, who's Celtic's probably the biggest player. Um, every time Celtic had the ball in defence, uh, it, was, it was either Tillman or it was Ryan Kent they were kind of blocking off Carl McGregor at the ball. Mm-hmm. So that kind of disrupted Celtic trying to get up the park. Um. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, 
Celtic won the match. They get three points and they're now and they're now three points clear. Uh, sorry, now they're twelve points clear. Uh, I was going to ask you about um the the disallowed goal that Rangers so Rangers could have taken the lead in the match when Alfredo Morelos scored, but the referee disallowed it. Do you think the referee made the right decision or do you think he didn't? I think the referee did make the right decision, although it was a very soft foul, but when you have hands, although the both of them were grappling with each other, um, he did have the hand at his back at the last minute before he could start his jump. And any um, contact can put you off balance and it gives the attacker the advantage. Um, so for me, it was the right decision. Although a lot of people are saying it's the wrong decision, it's, it was the right decision. And even the SFA have backed that up with Rangers' complaint. It was it was the correct decision. Although if Rangers did take the other time, it could have been a different game, obviously. Early on in the game, it was obviously early in the first half. Yeah, um, when I first saw it, um, I didn't see anything wrong. And then I saw the replay, and again, I thought that it was very, very soft. Um, but when you, when you study it more, you know, it, Morelos does have two hands on Johnson's back. But at the same time, Johnson is kind of, he's kind of pulling Morelos as well. So the both of them were kind of, had contact with each other. But from where the referee was standing, I think he kind of sees it as Morelos pushing Johnson. And because Johnson's went down, that's why he's, you know, he's blowing the whistle. I think if you're a Celtic fan, you're going to think it's disallowed. If you're an Angels fan, you're going to think it's a goal. But like, if you think of it as a neutral, like both sides, there is arguments to say that it should have stood and there's arguments to say that it shouldn't have stood. Um, but it was a very soft goal. Uh, it was a, a very soft kind of goal to, to disallow. Um, and, you know, uh, well, at the end of the day, the SFA have come back and said that they, they see no problems with it. So, um, And you also you had the, the, the decision earlier in the season as well, uh, opening game of the season uh, at the Tony Macron Arena where Golson was similar thing was pushed in the back and he jumped up as if he'd been shot and Livingston scored and it was disallowed so you can't have your cake and eat it if you get one for you then and you're saying it's a foul and it gives you the three points and then another one where you score it and you're like oh it should have stood then for for me it's like it's give and take like you have to fight it's for the to be honest it's like I think it's like what a lot of people want from the referees in the VAR is consistency and I think with that decision it was consistent with what was given early in the season Yeah I mean that's a good point I think a lot of Rangers' frustration comes from the fact that they went one that would have made them go 1-0 up in the game I'm not sure if they would have been as you know frustrated if let's say they were losing the match um, but I think it's because they would have went 1-0 up in the game the game could have went a lot different so I understand where they're coming from the fact that it it's such a big goal disallowed because that the game could have been different at the end of the day, but you know can't do can't do much about it now. You know that you know the goal was disallowed. So as previous as previously stated, this now means that Celtic are twelve points clear at the top of the table. So Pierce, do you think that means that Celtic will now go on to win the league? Mathematically, it's not done, but for me, it is. It's virtually done. I think Rangers are now just focused solely on the Scottish Cup semi-final at the end of the month. Um, 
and they will rest players and they might just they might drop off even further. Um whereas I think Celtic will still want to get maximum points. They'll use the squad a bit more here and there. But Celtic will want to break that record's points total and record goals total. So for them there's still motivation there. And obviously they want to finish off the treble in the, the cup as well. But if you get a double and and you get maximum points total and uh, record goals, I think they'll be pretty happy as well. Whereas Rangers, I think the pressure is on them to win that Scottish Cup semi-final to give them a chance to survive the season because Michael Beale will be under extreme scrutiny from the fan base. Even though he's done a remarkable job, only lost one game so far in his reign. But as you know, when you're manager of Celtic or Rangers, like, the scrutiny is very high. You're expected to win every single match. Um, but for me, I think the the title is done. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree. I, I we talked about this last week. I said it was kind of win or bust for Rangers. If they didn't win, then I don't, I don't think they can catch Celtic. And the fact Celtic have won twelve points clear with a handful of games to go, you mean? I mean, it would be a catastrophe if Celtic, if Celtic were to go on to lose this title. Um, so I do think. Although it's not math, math, mathematically done, I do think Celtic will, will go on to win the title. Um, and as you said, they're about the same final coming up. You know, if Rangers want any chance of winning anything this season, then that game for them is probably their last chance of, of the season to, to claim something. So, uh, yeah, no, but go back to the question, that that does look like Celtic are, are runaway leaders now. So... In other Scottish Premier League news, Hearts released a statement on Sunday, the 9th of April, which confirmed that Robbie Nielsen had part his company with the club after a defeat by St Mirren the day before. So, Pierce, what was your reaction when you heard that Robbie Nielsen had left the club? It was a bit, it was a bit of both. It was a bit shocked, but also not at the same time because Hearts are one of the only clubs in the SPFL that are like fan-owned. Um, in watching the highlights on sports scene on the weekend, um, they're just went well, well off at Hearts. So I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like that's now five games and only lost, and considering they were comfortably in third, and now Aberdeen, who sat the manager Jim Goodwin, after terror on the results, they were they were third before the the World Cup. Then after it, they dropped down to like eighth. Now they're only like a couple of points behind them. So it just shows you how far Hearts have went off the boil. Maybe that's down to lack of confidence. Um, injuries, they have had a lot of injuries this season, to be honest. But I do think Robbie Nielsen's a, a good, very good manager. And I do think he will get another job. Um, but I do think it's... What else could he have done at Hearts? He has he has been very unlucky in terms of injuries. But when you have five defeats in a row, the fans do start to question. And in fact, the fans are, the fans kind of own majority shareholder of the club, then I think... The boos are ringing her out at the final whistle and I don't think they were very happy. So I think they've been, a while they've not been happy, even in the championship when they get promoted to a record points, they were still complaining. So I think the Hearts fans, you need to be careful what you wish for because they could be back in the championship. If, if not not next season, obviously, but you know what I mean? Like, look at Aberdeen when they get a day like McInnes, when after they consistently get second and third and cup semi-finals, cup finals, they'd be lucky to get anywhere near that now. Whereas Hearts, I think it's, I think it's a poor decision. I think it's a knee-jerk reaction, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'll be, 
I, I was shocked to be honest. Um, I knew that they were on a bad run, um, and obviously Aberdeen on Saturday took over, went third, and Hearts dropped below, even though Hearts had a big, big, massive points difference. Um, but like since Robbie Nielsen took over in twenty twenty, when Hearts were back in the Championship, he's gotten promoted back into the league. They've, they've finished third ever since they've come back into the league, and they've had a, they've been in cup finals, and they've had a chance of. And they've had a crack at European football. Um, so I just think it's a bit unfair the fact that, you know, this has probably been his this has been his worst run since he came back as Hearts manager and he, he kinda got the sack. It doesn't really sit well. But when I look at it from a Hearts board point of view, I think they might have looked at Aberdeen when uh, Jim Goodman got sacked and you know Aberdeen were in a really bad run of form and Barry Robson came in into them and since he's come in they've, they've went on a really good run and they're now they're, they're, they're now in third so maybe Hearts have looked at it and thought that they need that bounce kind of that kind of new manager bounce that kind of fresh idea where Hearts can kind of get back on track and finish third because when you, they, they've had injuries this season but when you look at Hearts squads you know you would say it's probably the third best squad in the league and they shouldn't and they should be third quite comfortably Um. But uh, it's a it's a massive decision, um, and it's one of the it's one of the decisions where it could go your way. You know, it could, it could set Hearts back quite a bit, or you know, they could benefit from it. Um, so no, it's it's a really so it's a really massive decision. So it's all it's it's too hard to kind of predict this right now. But do you think they've made the right decision? Do you think they should have stuck by Robbie Nielsen, or do you think you know it's the right one? I think they made the wrong decision. I think it's just up by him. Because um, he, he has got the quality. He's shown, like you said, that this is his worst, this is worst running form in his, his tenure. So, bit hearts. And I think he, he had enough to turn it around. It just, he said it himself in the interview, post match interview. He, let, he said, you just need to go down, dust yourselves down, me included, and just kind of figure out the solutions to, to turn it around. But obviously, the day after they just sack him, but um, no, I think he could have easily turned it around. Look, you look at that squad, like you said, that squad is the third best in the country. They've had a lot of serious injuries like Craig Halkett, Liam Boyce, to name a few. So, and the plus at Snodgrass as well, they've got quality throughout that squad, and like Lauren Shankland up front as well. So, no, I, th- I think there's a knee jerk reaction, and um, they may come to rule that because I don't, I don't see them getting third now. I see Aberdeen staying there. I mean, yeah, I mean. At the moment, I think it's a it's a. I, I think it's it's really it's really tough for Robbie Nielsen. You know, I think he deserved probably until the end of the season, um, but, uh, you know, you, you've got Stephen Naismith coming in now as interim, um, and you know, it, it's hard to predict. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen, but, uh. I think I think at the moment they've made the wrong decision, but you know I, I could change my mind on Saturday if Hearts go on to win the Edinburgh Derby and they end up finishing third. You know it could end up it, it could end up being a master stroke and they end up finishing where they want to finish. So it, it's tough on Robbie Nielsen, but um, as you said earlier on that you know he, he's done a brilliant job at Hearts and you know he'll definitely get another job soon, whether that's in Scotland or even somewhere else. You know. Yeah. Um, I, do, I, do think 
I do think we will get one in Scotland, and it's if you said to me like at Christmas that um, uh, what was his name, the Hibs manager, Lee Johnson. If you said to me he'd outlast Robbie Nielsen, I'd have, I'd have said what you smoking. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean they were on a tear on a form, and he's he's going to be in the dugout for the, like you said Edinburgh Derby coming up, and um, Robbie Nielsen losing his job. I, I just I just don't I just don't get it. I, I do think it's a terrible decision to be honest. Yeah, I mean we'll 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 need to see we'll need to see how it how it goes. So um, we will now move on to the preview of this week's Champions League quarter final matches. So the quarterfinal matches that we played this week are Benfica versus Inter Milan, Manchester City versus Bayern Munich, AC Milan versus Napoli, and Real Madrid versus Chelsea. So Pierce, what match are you looking forward to the most? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go for AC Milan and Napoli. Um, I do think like AC Milan would have said our champions last season. But they've kind of been very inconsistent this season. They had a poor running form um, after the World Cup, but in the in the last couple of weeks they did they did absolutely destroy Napoli in the league. Um, but but Napoli were missing the key man that is Victor Osimhen, who is the top goal scorer, and I'm I, I'm fair to say he's, he's going to miss the first leg as well through injury, but he will be available for the second leg, so that will be vital. So I do think like. If Napoli can limit Ace Man to beating them just by the one goal or even getting a draw, then I think that'll be a fantastic result in going back to the second leg in the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. With him back in the side, I think they're a different animal. But Napoli are just exciting to watch when you've got uh, Cavara Donna on the left wing and Ossiman, and you've got Lozano, you've got Politano, you've got Zielinski, you've got Zango and Guisa, Kim and Jay at the back. No, they're, they're an exciting side to watch. And you never have thought that when you always key players like your record goal scorer, Dries Mertens, Koulibaly to Chelsea, and Lorenzo Insigne, your captain as well. So I think they've done should should business. And the fact is that they're top of the league and they're not tailing off. It's it's exciting. But in terms of Europe, they've never gone this far before. Um, and it's obviously three Italian sides in the, the last uh, quarterfinal is... Uh, Incredible considering uh, there's only two Premier League sides and only one Spanish club as well, so just shows you the Italian football's kind of on the rise a little bit. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and that's a I get that's an exciting match. Um, in my opinion, my match that I'm looking forward to the most is Manchester City versus Bayern Munich. You know, obviously two two amazing teams. Uh, I'm I'm mostly interested to see how Tuchel. Obviously, he's just come in as Bayern Munich manager, but I'm interested to see how how he'll set up against Man City, um, because obviously Man City they've kind of picked up the last few, the last kind of few weeks in the league. You know, they're getting some good results, and um, you know, obviously Bayern Munich they're, they're kind of going through a transition at the moment in terms of a new manager just come in. So I'm interested to see how that'll go, uh, because um, about last month I would have said Bayern Munich were my favourites to win the Champions League uh, after watching the last round against PSG. But my mind, I, I've kind of started doubting them a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how they'll do against Man City. Um, I can't I can't predict that much. I mean I I mean I would have said Bayern Munich a few weeks ago, but now I'm you know I, I'm I'm really not sure now. Um, but no, that's I can see a lot of goals in that match. 
um, uh, you know, and I'm I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to I'm going to ask, what teams do you think will end up in semi finals? Uh, I'm going to go a short one for the first match. So the match between Benfica and Inter Milan. I'm going to go with Benfica. Um, I was impressed with Benfica uh, Inter Milan in the last round when they they scraped through past Porto. Porto in the second leg dominated them, hit the bar, hit the ball off line like four times. Um, Inter have been kind of adequate in the Serie A this season. They've not been great. Um, they're struggling for form. And I do think Benfica, who have been flying this season domestically and in Europe, they topped their group when they had Barcelona and PSG in it. So it just shows how good they've been. So I'm going to go Benfica to go through that round. I'm going to edge towards Manchester City. Although I would say by a minute before when Nagelsmann in charge, but I just don't know with Thomas Tuchel. We, we haven't seen a style play. Um, Although he has won the Champions League with Chelsea, I would I'm going to edge towards Man City because, like you said, they have picked up domestically in recent weeks, and I do think they've got the stronger squad in terms of going forward. And you've got somebody like Alan Hall and Kevin De Bruyne, the form they've been on at the moment's been ridiculous. Um, and I'm going to edge towards Napoli against AC Milan. I just do think that second leg at the in Naples will be crucial for them, and I do think obviously the return of Oshimhen in the second leg will will kind of edge them through. Although I think Rafael will will play might play a crucial part for AC Milan as well in Giroud. Um but I do think Napoli will go through that one. In terms of Real Madrid Chelsea, I won't see one winner there and that's Real Madrid. I, I just I just don't think Lampard has got the managerial ability to beat Real Madrid and Real Madrid this is a competition. So I do think Real Madrid will go through in that one. What about yourself? Yep. Um for the Benfica into Milan match, I'm gonna say Benfica. Um, you know, they've been Amazing this season, and Inter Milan they're going through a tough time at the moment. You know they've lost the last few matches, so there's a lot of difficulty with them at the moment. But I just can't see, I just can't see past Benfica. I just think they'll be too strong. Um, I did say that I wasn't sure about the Man City Bayern Munich match, but if you had to twist my arm, I think I would just go Man City, due to the fact that you know they picked up form, you know, and I just think Bayern Munich at the moment just the fact Tuchel's just come in, I just. I think everyone's just kind of getting used to each other. I just think it's too big a match to kind of for Tuchel to kind of get through. So I'm going to say Man City for that match. Um, the AC Milan Napoli match, I think it's very interesting. I'm going to just edge Napoli on what base what you you, mean, you just explained that the fact that it'll be in the second leg, it'll be back at Napoli. You know they have players back, but we've got to remember that only a couple of weeks ago AC Milan beat Napoli four 0 yeah. At Napoli Stadium, so you know I definitely wouldn't really see Milan out of that at, at all. They were capable as I've just as I've just done a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go Napoli for that game, and the Real Madrid Chelsea match. I'm going to say Real Madrid. Um, you know it's been a really difficult season for Chelsea, um, and uh, I just don't think they've got enough to beat Real Madrid. Who, as you've just said, this is their tournament, and they always they always turn it up when it comes to the Champions League. So, um, for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yes, yeah, so I think the, the major talking point in the Asian football roundup would definitely be Human Son um, reaching 100 Premier League goals, which is a fantastic milestone. Um, how, how good a player do you think uh, Son is, uh, Tom? Oh, he's, he's a brilliant player. He's, I mean, he's arguably one of the best Asian football players to come out of, of Asia. You know, he's been amazing and, and you know, 
he's his record in the Premier League has been amazing, and his partnership with Harry Kane is right up there with one of the best partnerships in Premier League history. So brilliant player. Ah, yeah, because like his partnership with Harry Kane is is even though they haven't won any trophies, I think like you would always say they're 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 joy to watch the pair of just that pe- uh, telepathy they have with each other. Um, but to score a hundred Premier League goals in just two hundred and sixty Premier League games is unheard of, especially for a winger. But um, no, I don't think we'd ever have said that when he arrived in twenty fifteen. But no, he's been very, he's been very consistent in terms of the foot football at the weekend in uh, South Korea. Um, on Saturday there was Ulsan uh, Hyundai uh, beat Suwon Blooms 2-1 Seoul won 3-0 against Daegu FC uh, Puang Steelers beat Guangzhou 2-0 and on Sunday the Korean League was finished off with uh, Suwon 5 uh, Daejeon Citizen 3 uh, Jumbuk 2 Incheon United 0 Gangwon 0 and Jeju United 1 and that leaves Ulsan uh, Hyundai sitting conflict top with maximum points from uh, 7 match days so far in terms of the Japanese league, that was started on Saturday because there was a J League Cup in the midweek, so all the games were started on Saturday and Sunday. Usually they have a Friday night league, which is always exciting to watch. But on Friday, eh, Saturday, sorry, um, Yokohama Marinos 5, eh, Yokohama FC 0. So that was a derby match with, obviously, when former Celtic midfielder Nakamura's assistant manager at Yokohama FC. Um. And on Sunday, there was a full card of uh, Cerezo Osaka 2, Hikado consoled Sapporo 3, Sanfrecce Hiroshima 1, Sagan 2, so 0, Vassel Kobe 0, Albrecht Nagata 0. So uh, Vassel Kobe's um, kind of near, near float was start to the season has kind of tailed off a little bit in recent weeks. Avispa Fukuoka 2, uh, Kyoko Sanga 0, uh, 1, FC Tokyo 2, Shonan Belmer 2, uh, Gambo Saka 2, Kawasaki Fintali 0, Nagoya Grampus nil, Urawara Diamonds nil, and last but not least is Kashiwa Racial 1, Kashi Mantlers nil, and uh, I've done a match spot on that, and that'll be on the Football Trigger website to read. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening. And see you soon. Bye-bye.